The parish is uh, Vayishlach. Uh, this, this is, you know, uh, in some ways, one of the most interesting parashiyot in the Torah, you could say such a thing. I mean, they're all equally important, but, I mean, not equally interesting. Uh, this is a very interesting parasha. Uh, here's Yaakov, and he, um, he's proving a few points with Yaakov. It's hard to know, it's hard for me to understand. It's hard for me to understand why Yaakov prepared for his confrontation with Esau when God told him to go, to go back to Eretz Yisrael, and that would be it, you know, it, everything would be fine. Okay, so we have certain ideas that even uh, you should ain't so chin al hanes. You know, I'm not sure exactly what that means. I mean, if the miracle comes along, so that's good. And if God said there'll be a miracle, so that's great. I mean, like, Eitz is understandable in the context that we live in, when there's no prophecy. And uh, really, because pro prophecy means a certain certainty about the part of the future. That's what, that's what prophecy is. So we don't have that. We don't have that as so. Uh, so what we know is very generally how things will turn out. At least we think we do. Uh, we know that the, the promise that God made to Avram and to Yitzhak and Yaakov will eventually work out for us. We will be the beneficiaries ultimately of that promise. But we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. We don't know what's going to happen with Iran. We don't know. What's like there are people who try to say that they know exactly where we are in the process, but most Jews seem to avoid that kind of decision, and uh, they live their lives as they live their lives, and uh, and whatever will be will be. But I, 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 so I don't understand. Why the first thing I don't understand is why it is that Yaakov had to make such tremendous efforts in his confrontation ultimately with Esau, which turned out to be very peaceful. You know, Yaakov and Esau, they meet up with each other. Yaakov gives him a present, and Esau says, well, you have like a really nice family. That's the most Jewish thing that Esau ever said. These are really your children. Look how nice they look. Look how many there are. It's, you know, and he probably, uh, I'd like to introduce you to some of my children. You know, these 400 soldiers that I have with me, they're not all cutthroats, you know. A few of them are really interesting to talk to. And then, and then he goes away. He, he leaves. He leaves. And then the amazing thing is, if you look... Look at the sheet. I, I wasn't sure exactly how to start this, but we'll start from the end. How does that sound? What? You see the last, the last source, uh, next to the last source, Breshit Lamed Hay. That's our parasha, right? That Yaakov goes to Shechem. Vayomer Elokim El Yaakov Kumalei Beit El. Vishav Sham. 
go to Beit El. Like everybody knows where Beit El is. It's north of Yerushalayim. Not too far. Like a straight line. That's where Beit El is. Vishav Sham. Shav is, is like Teshev. Teshev Sham. Stay there for a while. But say Sham is Beach. Lakel anire elecha bevorchacha mipnei esav achicha. Aseisham is beach. That's what the that's what God directs Yaakov to do to make a mizbeach. So I have to we we'll have to like figure out what a mizbeach is. Well, I mean I know that it's like a pile of stones. A mizbeach. That's how you make a mizbeach. You pile up a bunch of stones and you have a mizbeach. Lakel anire elecha bevorchacha bepnei esav achicha. So bevorchacha bepnei esav achicha was years earlier when he ran away from esav and esav was still living in the area and he was he had vowed to kill uh, to kill Yaakov, but somehow that. When he has the opportunity to engage him in battle, he doesn't do it. So, of course, this comes after the, the, the wrestling match that Yaakov had with the angel that represents Esau somehow. It's like a, a story within the story. It's all like to explain to us what happened to the fierceness of, of uh, uh, Esau. So what happened was uh, Esau was represented in a higher level of, of existence by an angel. And Yaakov engaged the angel in battle and symbolically uh, beat him. So that's, so that's why Esau turned out to be so friendly. And so Esau goes away and Yaakov goes away. Where does Yaakov go? HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, go to Beit El. And make a mizbeach, and lakel hanirai lecha bevarchachami bepnei esav, because then he was also in Beit El, right? You remember, he was in Beit El, byetzei Yaakov mi Sheva. and he went to Beit El. How did he get to Beit El? He was on his way to Bovel. That's how you go. You go that way. You go north, and eventually you go to the east, like you know, around what we call the Ramat Golan. You go to the east and you get to Bavel. That's where Yaakov was going. And now he goes back. He goes back and this time he's not going to leave, but he's going to make a Mizbeach. And remind yourself when you make this Mizbeach about God who, who appeared to you in that place, Mipnei Esav Achicha. It was, I want you to, now that everything is over and all is, all is peaceful, I want you to remind yourself of how this all started and how, how uh, desperate you were for, for aid. Pasuk bet, Vayomer Yaakov al-Beito v'al-Kol asher imo hasiru et Elohei ha-Necha asher All of a sudden, Yaakov reminds himself that all his household his wives, the shvachot, the children, they're all a bunch of idolaters. And he says, he says, we better, you know, I'm going to go build this Mizbeach for God who saved us. We better, like, you know, make it look good and get rid of all that, all that idolatry stuff that you, that you have. Vihita haru, 
and purify yourself. I mean, this is going to be that means I mean, is what they did when they got the Torah. They, they, this is like, a, like an act of, like something very important is going to happen. This Mizbeach that, that uh, uh, Yaakov is about to build is something that deserves being called an, an event. Vinakuma vinaale Beit El. So this is Yaakov speaking. Will go up to Beit El as I have been instructed to go. And I will make this Mizbeach for God, who is supporting of me in my difficult times. And God, God was with me in my this story of going to to the house in Arab Narai, the house of of Bituel and Lavan and uh, protected us. We're going to build a Mizbeach. We're going to build a Mizbeach. Now, it, it doesn't say here, it doesn't say here why you build a Mizbeach. Like, what, it is, what is it that he's doing? el Yaakov et kol So they gave all the idols all these people, the wives, the 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 the, the, shvachot, the, the children, they took all this stuff and they gave it to they gave it to Yaakov and they took the nizamim, these rings that were in their ears. I guess they were part of some idolatrous. Maybe they said, "Happy idle time" on them or something. But they so Yaakov took them also. And he buried them under this tree. Asher im Shechem. Asher im Shechem. I don't know how we get to Shechem exactly, Beitel, Shechem. But you know that Shechem, if you're going to Shechem, you could pass Beitel, right? It's the same line. Yushalayim, Beitel, Shechem. That's the, the, in modern Hebrew, it's called Gavaha the back of the mountain top. It's the mountain range. Fish, it's Shishim. a what? Fish Shishim. Ish Fish Shishim. Sixty. Route sixty. Route sixty. Oh, Route sixty. Oh, I like that. That's good. Well, when they built Route sixty, they were looking in the Chumash. <laughs> they knew that that was the way they should go. That's the way they should go. Uh, right? Pasukhet. Vayisa'u vayu chitat elokim al ha'arim asher svivotehem v'lo ratfu achrei b'nei Yaakov so there's like a side little point here but here's Yaakov he's got this mess of people with him and his stuff and his camels and his horses and all and he gets to where he wants to go where you would think that he would be in danger of some kind of uh, some kind of robbery and so the Pasuk says he says, no, you know, so it's left over. If Esau ran away from them, so why should these go, anybody else run? You know, you, you sort of like, you know, fear is not always cl- a clear-minded thing. So this is what the Pasuk says. Why the Pasuk had to say that? Difficult. I mean, based on the assumption that Sukkot was supposed to teach us something. 
So I don't know exactly. Vayavo Yaakov Luza. Asher Be'eretz Kinan Hibeidel. This is like the people interested in geography would be interested in this posog. Vekol Ha'am Asher Imo. He gets to where he's going. You get to where he's going. Then Vayiven Sham Mizbeach. After all, God told him to build a Mizbeach when he got to where he's going. So he got to where he's going, which is Beidel. Now Beidel had another name, and that name is Luz. And somehow Shechem gets into the story because he's on his way. He's really on his way to Shechem, but right now he's in Beit El. Vayikra la makom El Beit El. You know, it's Beit El is what it was called when he left Eretz Yisrael. And now he's coming back to Beit El. It's like uh, he left Eretz Yisrael because he was thought that he would be unable to exist there. That the, that the problem with, uh, with, uh, uh, with Esau was such that it was imponderable. It was not solvable. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu took him out of Eretz Yisrael and brought him to, to Aram Narayim. Whereas now, now he says, Beit El does not symbolize any longer my inability to stay here in Eretz Yisrael. So he called the place Kel Beit El, right? They, like, God brought me here. God brought me here at this time. That's what he called it. Kisham Niglu Elav Elokim Bevarcho Mipnei Achiv Bevarcho. So why is he building a Mizbeach? Well, we have to find out what a Mizbeach is. In order to do that, I just want to review a couple of the sources where a Mizbeach is mentioned in the book, in Breshit. The first, so we'll turn over, we'll come back to this, all of this story. So the first psukim are about Cain and Hevel, right? I put them in, I put them in because they are a korban, but there's no Mizbeach, which is something that is odd for us. We think that generally Korban and Mizbeach are almost synonymous, right? Korban, there's a Mizbeach. Mizbeach, there will be a Korban. But if you look at the Pasuk, the Pasuk Vayibi Ketz Yabim, after some time, Vayavei Kayin Mipri Adama Minchal Hashem. Minchal Hashem. In other words, this was, this was an intuitive position that the brothers had. Kayin brought me priyadama, the heavenly began who me bechorotso no michel behen. Right, they had this intuitive idea that if you're successful, ba'olam hazeh, you have to uh, uh, show that that you're aware of the fact that a kodesh bochel somehow is involved, is a partner. Now it doesn't mean that I understand why giving something to God is. Uh, uh, is meaningful, but but there's nothing else we can do. I mean, we can't do anything else. We don't have any other a, a, any other way of showing that we understand that we're only a partner in this enterprise. Whether the enterprise is growing uh, uh, growing your flocks or tending your 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 crops, right? So so both Cain and Hevel. Both kind of, but one of these two, uh, one of these two brothers was not a nice person. Uh, the one who 
lived. The one who died may have been a nice person, but they both intuitively, intuitively understood that there had to be a korban, that they had to give something. As, but the issue of the korban apparently is not connected to the issue of the mizbeach, because there was no mizbeach. There was only a korban. That's what it says. And then the pasuk goes on. He says, "Vayshak Hashem el hevel ben milchato v'kayin vel milchato lo shaat vayichal lekayin maod vayapilu vayiplu vayiplu panav." So Kayin was not the nice guy, but they both of both of them were correct. They were both correct that bringing a, a, a mincha, a gift, was what they should what they should do. Okay, uh, so the Rabban says, you see the Rabban, Hevidu Ayvidu Anashim Ha'ele Sod Gadol Mikarbanot Umenachot. You know that, you know that the Rabban and the Rambam had a, a very, uh, uh, a, a very interesting argument about Korbanot. Actually, actually, the argument was between the Ramban and what the Ramban said that the Rambam said about Karbanot. Not that the Ramban was misquoting, I don't mean that. I just said that the Ramban quoted something from the Mora Nebuchim, but he could have quoted other things as well. The thing that the Rambam said in the Mora Nebuchim was that sometimes the Torah wants to dissuade us from the bad habits that existed amongst idolaters. And one of the bad habits that existed amongst idolaters was sacrifice. And so the, the Torah enables us to sacrifice because it's a habit that we can't get away with. But there are limitations that are made on that sacrifice, on the way we sacrifice, or what we sacrifice. The Ramban the Ramban, who lived several hundred years after the Rambam, the Ramban said that that's crazy. That is to say, it does not take into account the reality as presented in the Torah. For example, he says, Cain and Hevel, they had nothing to do with idolaters. Firstly, by the tradition that the Rambam himself quotes, there was no idolatry in the world when this event took place. So you see that Kayan Behevel intuitively wanted to give a korban. So that obviously, obviously it's not that kor, kor, korbanot, how can you say korbanot are legislated to protect us against the idolaters when there's Kayan Behevel. And right after Kayan Behevel comes Noah. You look at the second, the second source on the, on the page. It says, Vayiven Noah Mizbech Lashem so here, Noah, when he gets out of the Teva and he goes, you know, he's ready to go out into the world and start over again. The world is going to start over again when Noah and his family come out of the out of the Teva. So he says, so the says, This is the first Mizbeach. Right, so this is also interesting because even though Noah gave a korban, 
You can't say that Noah did anything that he was trying to share with heaven. But it was a kind of a todah. It was a kind of thanksgiving that you give to, to God. But even that didn't satisfy Rashi so much. Rashi says, uh, uh, <coughs> again, I'm sorry, I have to read another Pasuk. Pasuk of Aleph Vayarach Hashem Edreach Hanichoach Vayomer Hashem Elibo Lo Osif Lekalel Odet Adama Bavur Adam Kiyetze Leib Adam Rabin Urabelo Osif Od Lahakot Et Kol Chai Kasher Siti. So this is like a Pasuk that you could talk about for a, for, for a long time. But what I want to, I want to make sure that we understand that what it says in the Pasuk, and this is what the Ramban emphasizes in his discussion of the matter of Korbanot in the beginning of Vayikra Perak Aleph Pasuk Tet, right? It's a worthy enterprise, but it's worth it to look at that Ramban. But here he says, he says, look at what it says in the Pasuk. In the Pasuk it says, Vayerech Hashem Edreach HaNichoach, right? Vayarech Hashem et Neach HaNichoach. And that's what it says in Vayikra again and again. That there's a Reach Nichoach that comes out of the Korban that is sacrificed to God. And what does Reach Nichoach mean? It's pleasing to God. It itself is pleasant in the, in the, in the eyes of God somehow. I, I don't know what that means, but according to the Ramban, according to what the Ramban the Ramban, it, it doesn't mean that you're giving people the chance to combat idolatry uh, by giving korbanot. What the Ramban says it must mean is that in some essential way, in some necessary way, these korbanot, these korbanot find favor in God's eyes. And always here you had, you had Noah. The whole world was destroyed. It was wiped out. And Noah was saved with his family. And he wanted to do something that indicated that it would be better this time around, even though it really wasn't, but it would be better about this time around. So what did he do? He gave a korban. It was not a korban so much of thanksgiving, according to the Pasuk. It was a korban of affection. Right, that that when you when you feel when you feel good about somebody, so you try to treat them very nicely. So Noah felt good about God at that moment, and treating God well meant making this reach nichoach, which is in the pasuk, it's in the Torah, and so the Ramban says this proves this proves that bringing korbanot bringing korbanot is meaningful in the eyes of God. It has nothing to do with idolatry or making, making idolatry. I would say as a, as a, uh, as a, an aside, uh, the Rambam, of course, lived in, in the period that there was no korbanot. I mean, we didn't give korbanot. And you could either be happy about that or unhappy about that. But I think that the Rambam, in some way, seemed to be happy about it because he said it was only educational to keep us away from, 
from idolatry. Even that was not the only thing that the Rambam says. I don't want to. The Rambam in the Yad HaZakah makes very exten- extensively uh, teaches us all the halachot that have to do with korbanot. It would seem to me that if the Rambam really thought that the korbanot were, uh, I guess, unnecessary, that would be a word. It would be unnecessary and probably would not be reinstituted in the same way as they were. Then why would the Rambam want to teach us all the halachot of korbanot, which he did? I mean, it can't just be that it was some kind of... Uh, well, that's what I. That's what I. I think you have to consider that. I think you have to consider it. Anyway, let's look at uh, at the next source. Oh, we haven't got time for all these rambans. But Rashid Perikud Bet Pasuk Zayin. You see that? Yes. This is we get to Abraham. Right, we had a Cain and Hevel, and then Noah, and now Abraham. Abraham in Perik. Uh, one second. Avraham, Vayera Hashem el Avram, Vayom el Zarcha Tainet Aretz Azot, Vayven Sham Bizbeach Lashem and Nirailah. Now, the interesting thing about Avram was that he built four or five, four or five Mizbechot. But except for the last one, which we'll get to in a minute, the first four, he did not sacrifice anything. In other words, what was a Mizbeach? What was a Mizbeach? The point of a Mizbeach. Not according to, not according to Noah, but according to Abraham. The point of the Mizbeach was a Nun Sadi, they say. Nikudat Tziyun. It marked the spot. It marked the spot. What spot did it, what spot did it mark? Well, if God spoke to you, and that was kind of an exciting event, so you built a Mizbeach, so that when you came back to that spot, you would say, oh, that's where God spoke to me. Right, right there is where God, so that's called a, that was called a Mizbeach in the eyes of Abraham. That was called a Mizbeach. So I would say, uh, in, in, in other words, you all know, you all know that in the Zohar, the Zohar says that, God is every place, fills up everything, and they also said that God is around everything. So, Jews love these kind of mysterious statements. How could you really be every place and be around every place? I mean, how could you be like a donut? How could God be a donut around the world and also be in the world? So, of course, you know, people like that kind of thing will say, Ha-ha-ha, that's God for you, you know. <laughs> he, he can do it. But why would God do why would that be? Why would that be correct? So, anyway, the Mizbeach of Abraham, the Mizbeach that Abraham built was the discovery by Abraham. The discovery by Abraham, he's the only, he, he, it's his discovery that God could be someplace. It was, even though God is every place, God could also be someplace. <coughs> and therefore, therefore, if you, if you had a conversation with God at a particular place, you marked the spot because that was a place 
where God wants to be found. That's what a Mizbeach, that's what a Mizbeach, the discovery that God is someplace. That God is someplace. Because up to now, up to now, God was the creator, created the world, and, 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 and brought the flood, and, and made a new world. That was God. God was every place, everything. Everything was God. Now, Avram says, Avram, Avram says, uh, again, Vayera Hashem el Avram Vayom lezarcha teinet haaretz hazot the promise to Avram that his his descendants will inherit the land Vayisham Vayivan Sham Mizbech Hashem Hamir Elav that's why he built the Mizbech because God made Himself available to him I mean Avram Avinu we can say based on the way Chazal understood it, discovered that there was an ongoing relationship between God and the created world, that God created the world and continued to have a relationship with that world. The proof is that when God spoke to Avram Avinu, he said, Lech Lecha. What is Lech Lecha? What is Lech Lecha? We, we've mentioned in the past. Lech Lecha means God says to Avram Avinu, I care about where you are and what you're doing. And therefore, I'm giving you direction. And that was the real Chiddush of Avram Avinu. Not that God, okay, he also said God created the world and there was only one God, but that was not the real Chiddush. People could have put up with that. The real Chiddush was that it's going to be a world, we're going to live in a world which has mitzvot. And what is a mitzvah? A mitzvah is something that God wants us to do, right? You could think about mitzvot, the Rebbe Rambam thought about the mitzvot, that it's good for you, it'll produce a better world, it has social and economic implications that are positive, or you could think about it in a more spiritual way and say that if you do the mitzvot, so of course you're listening, doing what God wants, and doing what God wants, you come close to God, and you change yourself somehow. But the chiddush, as they say, of Avram Avinu was that there's going to be a mitzvah. And that's why the first thing that the Torah tells us about Avram Avinu, about Avram Avinu, other than the fact that he was born and that he had a wife, right, which is at the end of the parish of Noah, but the first thing that, that the Torah tells us about Avram Avinu is Lech Lecha Be'artzecha And, it, and it, it's so, it's so, it's interesting because at least according to what we see at the end of the parish of Noah, that's where Avram Avinu was going. His father, Terach, remember Terach? He's the one who was going to Eretz Canaan. It's true they got to Haran, and in Haran he, he either died or he didn't die. Right, you remember that problematic pasuk at the end of Noah? If you don't remember, you should look. It says, Vayomos Terach Becharan. But then Terach reappears later on, uh, it, it doesn't matter, but he was on his way to Canaan. So when God said to Avram Avinu, go to Canaan, it doesn't sound like such a big deal. I mean, he's on his way to Canaan. So why do I need God to tell him to go to Canaan? The answer is that everything is different if you are following a directive, right? It's different. It may be what you want to do, but if one of your parents tells you do it, so everything changes. 
positively and negatively. Everything, cha everything changes, right? So if a God says to Avram Avinu, go to the place which I will direct you to, then that's a new idea. That's a new idea that there is a mitzvah. There's a mitzvah about daily affairs. There's a mitzvah about just doing what you want to do anyway. Everything can become a mitzvah, like eating can become a mitzvah, right? Eating. A lot of mitzvahs connected to, connected to eating. So that's what... Uh, so that's what... Rashi says... Again, what do you mean he, he built it? When, when I, well, I, I learned this when I was a kid. So I said, of course, there must have been a carbon. Just like there was a carbon by Noah. Noah was thankful and he sacrificed. He sacrificed them. And nobody understands why he was so thankful at that moment. But here, when it comes to Avinu, Avinu got good news from God. He got good news. But when did he get that good news? He got that yesterday, the day before. And it hasn't happened. Right? Besorat hazera. Besorat Why should he bring a, a korban? So the answer is there was no korban. There was no sacrifice. All there was was a mizbeach. All there was was a mizbeach. Uh, the, next, the next time was the next pasuk, right? We just did pasuk Zion, and now we have the pasuk chet. You see, breishit perikut bet pasuk chet? You move your finger down a little. It says, we had take Mishamahara, he went from there up into the mountain, Mikedem le Beitel, to the east of Beitel, Vayet Ohalo, he set up his tent, Beitel mi Yam, Vayay Mikedem, Yam is the west and Kedem is the east. So there was Beitel and I, which, you know, will come up in later Jewish history when Yoshua conquers the land. I Mikedem, Vayyven Sham is Lashem. Again, again, you see that the Mizbeach, the Mizbeach is not connected to a sacrifice. It's designating a place, a place where God appeared to Abraham. And then, so the, the thing to do when you come to a Mizbeach is to call out to God, because even though God is every place, He's more available someplace. And that someplace you've designated with the Mizbeach. Right? So he says, The next, the next one, you see Parakut Gimel? You have to go down like a, an inch and a half from the bottom. Bereshit Parakut Gimel Pasukut Chet is Avraham in in Hebron. Vayel Avraham v'yavo v'yeshev b'elonoi mamreya that's near Hebron, Hashem Hebron. Vayven sham izbeach l'ashem again. What does that mean? Vayven izbeach l'ashem it's a mizbeach that designates the place. He was traveling according to the directive that he received from God. Vayven sham izbeach l'ashem 
and he built a Mizbeach to God. Which God? The God who was there at the place that the Mizbeach was built. Okay? Finally, finally, Breshit Per Kabet Pasuktet. Remember, Avravidu went to Haramoriah, and in Haramoriah he was going to sacrifice his son. And so, Vayevola Makobashemalokim, Vayevisham Avraham at the Mizbeach. Avraham built the Mizbeach, Vayerochet at Aitzim, and he set out the, the wood. Vayekodet Yitzchak Beno, and he tied him up in that special way, his hands and his feet behind his back. But again, you understand, he did not sacrifice him. I mean, it was, it was getting closer to the idea of sacrifice, but he didn't sacrifice it. Okay? That's, that's Abraham and Har Hamoriah. He, he didn't sacrifice the idol? He did. Okay. But he didn't sacrifice his son. Okay. But so. No, I don't I mean, it's, uh, let's say this. Avram and his son and the sacrifice, it's difficult. I mean, it's difficult that what, what the idea was. It's almost, you could say, that if at that time people sacrificed uh, their children, their relatives, or people, people, it was seemed as a normal thing to give up your close, the people close to you in a sacrifice. So it could be that one of the lessons or one of the instructions here is that we don't do that. But the sacrificial part, the sacrifice part about Akedat Yitzchak is difficult. You know, why couldn't HaKadosh Baruch Hu say to Avram, you misunderstood what I said pack it all in. Like, what was the point of sacrificing an ayel? Chazal speak very highly about this ayel, right? It was created during the six days of creation, and just standing there waiting all these years for, for you know, it was like a, uh, you know, like a walk-on part in a high school play. The ayel came in did his job. Including uh, surviving the Mabul? Who? Including surviving the flood? Who survived? Oh, the Ayo? Yeah. I hope so. I mean, you think it was like a, a photo montage of an Ayo that Avram was just confused. I, uh, I mean, you, know, you know, when it comes to those kinds of problems, you just make up an answer and then everything is fine. So now we get to Yitzchak. Yitzchak in Be'er Sheva. The last pasuk on the page. The last pasuk. Vayivet sham izbeach vayikra b'shem Hashem vayet sham o'alo vayichu sham avdei Yitzchak be'er. Vayivet sham izbeach. He built a mizbeach vayikra b'shem Hashem again. Just like his father. Just like his father. Yet the mizbeach was there to designate a place, a place that was holy, we would say today. I don't like that word. But, but, but that's what you would say. Now, how do I know it's a holy place? Because I communicated with God at that place. 
So I want to be, you know, I want to create places. I want to create places where communication with God is more likely. So I build a Mizbeach. A Mizbeach is, is not going to fall apart too soon. Right? Not going to fall. It's, going to, it's, it's there. It's going to be. So that's, that's the first Pasuk that Yitzchak is connected to. And here, here is Yaakov, Yaakov and Shechem, right? Remember Shechem and Yaakov, the top of the page. This I can't really understand. Seira, Chazal tell us, is Edom. Edom, you remember? Edom morphed ultimately into Rome. But before it became Rome, it was Edom. And where was Edom? Where was Edom? Here is the, the Jordan River, right? Here, here's the Jordan River. To the east of it or the west of it? East. To the east of it, yes. There was a place that we wouldn't even call that Eretz Yisrael. Certainly not at the time of Avram and Yitzhak and Yaakov. So if, if uh, Esav, who came from Seir, which is Edom, which is outside of Eretz Yisrael, why did we have this whole story? I mean, what was it exactly that Esav was supposedly protecting? I don't know. But, uh, okay, I don't know. And then... Yaakov nasa Sukota, Vayibin lo bayit mekne wasa Sukot. Right, we saw this Sukim, Malken Kerashema Makom, Sukot. Vayavo Yaakov Shalemir Shechem. Yaakov came whole to Shechem, the Mephoshim say that he stopped limping. You know, it was like uh, that Asa, that the angel would not have been Chayav Nezek. Because Nezek, you only pay for permanent damage. And this was uh, a passing kind of, of damage. But the Gemara would ask, do you have to pay Tsar? You have to pay Tsar. There are two opinions in the Gemara. As they usually are. And he kind of settled himself. Facing the, the city. And he ended up buying a piece of land over there, near Shechem. Miyad b'nei chamor avi Shechem. Where's, you know, another, another great uh, person. Avi Shechem b'meyak shita. And some sum of money. Vayatsev sham mizbeach. Vayatsev. Right? Atem nitzavim hayom kulchem. What does vayatsev mean? Something that has a, a permanent meaning. There's this idea of permanence in vayatsev. Of course, it means to stand up straight. But beyond standing up straight, it means this is going to really make a difference. This is it. Vayatsev sham mizbeach. And he, he, uh, he, Yaakov, made this Mizbeach, which is what God wanted of him. Vayikralo, 
and he called it, it, it sounds like the Mizbeach, El Elohei Yisrael. So according to what we have said up to now, that a Mizbeach marks the spot, and that the spot that it marks is the place of God. So if you look at that Mizbeach and you say, Kel Elokei Yisrael, there it is. It makes sense. But the Chachamim had a problem with this. If you look, if you look at the Rashi, you see Rashi, Apostle Kaf, Vayikralo El Elohei Yisrael, Losha Mizbeach Karu Elohei Yisrael. Do not make the mistake of thinking that he called the Mizbeach you are the God of Israel, which is exactly idolatry. Right? You say, God is the Mizbeach. Ela al shem shaya kodesh bochu imo v'itzilo karashem ha-mizbeach al shem ha-nes liyot shivcho shel makom nizgar v'kriyat ha-shem. In other words, the name of the place, the name of the Mizbeach had God's name in it. Klomar a little complicated. El, Eloke Yisrael, the God who protected me and brought me to this place, is the God of Yisrael. Who's Yisrael? Me. Me. So that modifies the problem, the problem a little bit. He says with Moshe, if you go, uh, okay, that's enough. That's, that's Rashi's opinion. That's Rashi's opinion. Look quickly at the, uh, at the Ramban. He, he quotes, he, first he quotes the first part of Rashi. He's called Zelashon Rashi. If you go down two inches, maybe more than two inches, you'll see a period. The first word on the line is liyashev shutob bati. Ani liyashev shutob bati. Kozel eshon Rashi. V'inetzatku devrei harav bipshuto shel mikra. Okay, so Rashi Rashi makes sense. It was if you assume that Yaakov Avinu was not an idolater and that he was not giving idolatrous credit to the Mizbeach that he just built himself. So you have to do something about the words. So once you assume a position, it's not difficult to do something about the words, but I would like to, before we solve this problem, <coughs> where, where are we up to? We're up to the fact that a Mizbeach designates a place a place which is distinguishable from other places because it's the place that God appeared to me, spoke to me, interacted with me, and therefore that place achieves special significance. Right? And I build the Mizbeach in order that I should not forget the place of special significance. So if you look at way at the bottom of the page, right? Reshit Rabbah, Pashat, Vayishnat, Breshit Rabbah, on Breshit, certainly on the book of Breshit, which is largely Tanaitic and, and is a repository of the way Chachamim thought about things. Right? It's a very important work. For us, we, don't, we may not use it as much because Rashi quotes it extensively. 
So we, we do the Pamayim Mikro of the Echad Targum today. Most people do it with Rashi, right? Because whereas once there was a time when the Targum was explanatory, today nobody understands the Targum, so you're better off learning Rashi. The Rashi says, Vayetzev Shabbos Be'ech Vayikralo El, right? Omar Eish Lokesh. Eish and a more in Eretz Yisrael. Vayikralo El Elohei Yisrael. Amar, Vayikralo El Elohei Yisrael. Who said that? Yaakov, right? Yaakov Avinu said El Elohei Yisrael. Elohei Yisrael. Amar Ata Eloa Ba'elyonim Vani Eloa Ba'tachtonim What do you think of that? I mean, Reish Lokish was, was, was from, as from as we are and probably ate only food that day, you know, that was captured by the Eidah Haredes. This is what Reish Lokish says. These words, El Elohei Yisrael, El, he says, Ve'ekralo El Elohei Yisrael, Omar Ata Eloa Ve'elyonim, Ve'ani Eloa Ba'tachtonim, El is in heaven, Elohei Yisrael is here on earth. This is what Reish Lokish had to say. Then Rav Huna, Reish Lokish Amar, Rav Huna adds or, or asks the following: Afilu Chazan Hakneset, Eino Notel Sarala Atzmo. Chazan Knesset, let's say he's the Gabbai in shuls today, like the parallel job is the Gabbai. So what about this Gabbai? Eino Notel Sarala Atzmo. So the commentaries on the Medrash Rabo, the traditional commentaries, like the Marzu and uh, the Radal, especially the Radal, they say, they say, what was Rav Huda talking about? You know, what, what Gabbai, what? So he says, he says, the Chazana Knesset, that's a position of power. What is the power of the Gabbai? He gives out aliyahs, right? So he's got the whole congregation is like waiting for his, his determination or decision about who gets an aliyah. So he says, even the Gabbai who gives out aliyahs, if he wants to get an aliyah, if he, the Gabbai, wants to get an aliyah, somebody else has to call him up. <laughs> That's what Rav Huda said. Somebody else has to call him up. So it's either kind of a joke or not a joke, but he said, Ramuna said, what are you talking about? That's what you think happened in the parasha of Ayetze? You think you became some kind of big shot and a big boss? He says, even the Chazan and the Beit Knesset knows that he's limited, that his power, once extended, 
comes to an end. And if he wants to get an aliyah in shul, he has to get somebody else to call him up to get an aliyah. So of course this is not, it doesn't sound like such a deep uh, 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 way of looking at the problem. But what Rav Huna says is, how is it possible? How is it possible that Yaakov, how is it possible that Yaakov uh, thought in this way? How is it possible that Yaakov thought in this way? So that the only reason, the only reason is if you look at, at the Pasuk again, the Pasuk says, the Pasuk, But yeah, the pasuk says, "Vayetzev sham sham mizbeach, vayikralo, vayetzev vayetzev sham mizbeach." Vayetzev sham mizbeach. That word Vayetzev, Vayetzev doesn't exist in the other Mizbechot that were built by Abraham and Yitzchak. In, in, in other words, if building the Mizbeach means that you capture the moment somehow, that, that if you go back to that place where there is a Mizbeach, you can call upon God to help you more easily than any place else in the world. So that is what gives you a feeling of dominion. It works. Like you can, you can use the place to put forth your grievances, your difficulties, the problems that you have that you would like to have solved. And what does my Yatsev mean? It means permanently. That's what Yaakov did. He thought to set up a permanent kind of Mizbech. Well, we know that when you build a Mizbech, eventually it falls down. It may take hundreds of years, but it falls apart. It's not something that about which you can say, Vayetsev, ultimately. And that's what the Pesach says. Vayetsev Shav Mizbech, because... Yaakov made this Mizbeach in such a powerful way, in such a powerful way, such so strong. He made it so strong. He thought of himself as being in control, in greater control than he might have been. So Yaakov put a new dimension to the idea of the Mizbeach. And Rav Huna says, Notel Sraralla at smoke. He took power to himself. That the Gabbai and the Shul can determine what is going to happen in every single situation. So you think you can? The next Pasuk begins the story of Dina. And the fact that that it's also a story about the powerfulness of Yaakov. 
He couldn't prevent it from happening. He couldn't deal with it after it happened. His son, Shimon and Levi, usurped the power, the authority of the father in the family. They paid the price later on, but at this moment, and Yaakov, at the end of the story of Dina, admits, he says, look what you did. They're all going to be against us. We're going to have difficulties. You're like, like Jews living in uh, Chutzlaretz, you know, always nervous about what people are going to say. I mean, the problem is not any different here in Eretz Israel, except that we talk all the time. But in America, Chutzlaretz, you teach yourself not to talk. You, know, you don't say everything that you want to say. So, again, what happened? What happened was Vayatsev. Yaakov made a mistake. Yaakov made a mistake coming after Cain and Hevel and Noah and Avram and Yitzchak. He made a mistake. For them, the Mizbech was always a place where you could seek out God. It had some sort of advantage in seeking out God. Suddenly for Yaakov, it was Vayatsev that he would somehow have control over that, that place. Vayikralo, and he gave it a name. You know, giving something a name is also an act of dominion. It's like, it belongs to you. It's the name. It's the name that you, that you give it, and that's why parents give children, babies, their name, specifically. And so, that's what I think. I think that Yaakov, I mean, that's what it says in the Medrash Rabbah, that Yaakov was punished by Dina, the story of Dina, in which he loses control. He was able to fight the battle against Esau, he was able to do battle with the angel. He was able to confront Eitzav at the end and say whatever he said. But he was not able to deal with Shechem ben Hamor. He was not able to deal with the story of Dina. It was something that in which he lost control entirely because he thought that he had control. That's what the Medrash Rabbah, that's what the Medrash Rabbah says. Oh.